Welcome to Cultivating Minds, a podcast inspired by children where adults learn from them and experts in education, psychology, medicine, science, art, and so much more. Each conversation is based on a Head Start principle. Children learn best when they are emotionally and physically safe and secure. Head Start indicates that nurturing, responsive, and consistent care helps create safe environments where children feel secure and valued. In these settings, children are able to engage fully in learning experiences. To expand further on this topic, we have Maria Garza, the Chief Executive Officer of East Coast Migrant Head Start Project, a nonprofit organization serving the children of farm workers in the United States. Well, hello, familia, East Coast family. Here at East Coast, we hold safely in very high regard. When children feel safe, learning is absolutely possible. We are committed to providing children with a safe place to learn and to grow. Aren't we, Marikena? Yes, that is so true. Marikena Davenport is the Disabilities and Mental Health Manager at East Coast Migrant Head Start Project. When a child or children just feel safe, they can explore and they can try new things. So in regards to that, children who don't feel safe and they can't focus on their studies. They at times cannot connect with their classmates. And even in those extreme situations, they can't even go to school. To hear what our children have to say, we have seven-year-old Caleb, a member of the East Coast Migrant Head Start Project family. I feel like I can focus better and can learn better when I am with people who are nice to me. So how do we ensure safety, right? Or that safe space for the children at East Coast Migrant Head Start Project? Well, we first work to meet their basic needs, right? They have something to drink. They have that warm space in our environment. They have something to eat and they have a space to rest. After we meet their basic needs, we will work on building those strong, trusting relationships with them. We'll also ensure that our environment is culturally and age-appropriate so that the children can feel welcome every time they step into our doors. And furthermore, we then focus on teaching the children how to identify their emotions and self-regulate, which is an important part of their mental health. Marikena, you're absolutely right. It's amazing how children learn when we understand the importance of providing all those tools so that they can have success. And speaking about success... And how can parents provide a safe space for their children? We have a special guest with us, Rachel Gallanter, that is going to share with us some of those tools and some of those consejos, if you will. My experience with families, all parents want to raise capable, confident children. But sometimes parents aren't sure how to balance being nurturing with setting limits. Parents want to help their children learn how to deal with their emotions. Rachel Gallanter is a certified parenting educator with over 15 years of experience as a family support specialist and parenting coach. She now works at El Futuro Clinic as a technical assistance and consultation lead, advancing Latinx mental health access. It's essential that parents are surrounded by the support they need. When parents feel insecure and overwhelmed because they're struggling, their children will sense that and they'll feel insecure too. So one way for parents to provide security is they're making a safe base their children can come back to when they feel unsure or stressed out. When I am angry, I breathe in and breathe out because it helps me. Breathe in, breathe out. This is Abela Cisneros, and she just shared the breathing technique she uses to calm down whenever she feels angry or frustrated. Let's continue listening to what our mental health specialist, Rachel, has to say. 
So the best way that parents can support their children is by setting an example, calming down themselves as parents. Every parent's different and what works for one parent might not work for another parent. Something I recommend is trying out a few different things to figure out what works for you. Walk around and count down from 20, turn on some music, take some deep breaths, find a way that you can get calm when you're feeling dysregulated. But how do parents regulate their emotions when they're feeling angry? Let's hear from the mother of Matthew Cisneros, one of our students at East Coast Migrant Head Start Project. My techniques, well, I talk to them. I show them that you gotta talk to them and you gotta ask them why they're mad and, you know, let them express themselves first and before you take action. That's what I do with them and I try to calm them down, try to do one-on-one. Sometimes they just need that one-on-one with the parents. Ultimately, when we focus on helping our children identify their emotions, then we can help them learn how to control them. So how do we do that? We read children books about their feelings and talk about how the characters feel so our children learn to recognize feelings. We talk about when we're having feelings and share we're feeling happy, we're feeling stressed so our children learn that it's not just something they have, it's something everyone has. That's an important and vital part of their ability to identify. So when our children are part of stress, we allow them to have that time and then as we have that trusting relationship, we help them. How do you feel? Are you sad? It's okay. We validate those feelings. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be stressed. It's okay not to be happy and cry about it, right? We want to validate those feelings. Incredible and very important and necessary messages and tools that you're providing for us today for our parents about naming their emotions. You know, I see that you're getting frustrated. Wow, that is difficult. I know that what we want to do is grab the chancla and teach somebody a lesson really quick, you know, so that so that we can move. Even if parents grew up with physical punishment, and that's the tradition they learned from their parents, when they think back to how they felt when they were children, when it happened to them, did they feel like they were learning or did they feel like their parent was hurting them and didn't understand them? And that we want to give our children a chance to always feel they can depend on us as parents and that we are there for them and that we understand them. We want to set limits, but we want to set limits in a way that doesn't leave our children children feeling like they can't trust us. And don't forget, we live in the United States, and here the laws are clear on child abuse. In fact, in each educational center, we make sure that the children are not subject to any type of physical or emotional violence. In some cultures, physical punishment is something very ingrained. And still, science today shows us that when a child is subject to screaming or physical blows, it alters their emotional and cognitive development. Children subject to violence have a hard time trusting their parents and the world in general. So what can this do, right? This can also lead to behavioral problems. So remember that that children copy and repeat what they learn at home. So the same way, trauma can be generated in the child and that prevents them from learning. Marikena, I am so glad that you're mentioning this because for our parents, a lot of times they don't understand that East Coast Migrant has our project. We have the legal obligation to report if we suspect We don't even have to see it just because we suspect that there has been some type of violence, right? For our culture, often that behavior is normal. 
it's expected not only is it normal it's expected that we discipline our children with corporal punishment right it is so important to create that type of safe environment at home providing them with an emotional safe environment will provide those children with empathy support and acceptance right and so many of our parents are consistently moving from one state to another which can cause stress to their children right so one way to reduce that stress is to tell the children in advance what's going on even if they're little explain to them that you will be moving but everything's going to be okay why because we're together so having them understand that that is part of their routine will help the children feel safe and continue to learn children tend to love consistency because of the feelings of security warmth and familiarity that accompany it at east coast migrant has our project we implement daily routines regarding arriving at school pickup time meals naps and several educational and playful activities we see that immigrant families frequently have experienced trauma before they move to this country or during their migration or even after migration because of discrimination or racism or because they have to keep moving and things aren't stable so supporting what Marikena said it's imperative that if children are having difficulty coping with these experiences or it's affecting their ability to function at home or in the classroom it's time for a parent to ask for help either at the child's school or at a mental health clinic there are lots of free or low cost opportunities to get help and asking for that help that doesn't mean that you're broken or weak it means you have the strength to face what's happening and do what's best for you and your family i am so glad that you touched this particular subject trauma immigration families that come from far away and at its cause the majority of our families migrate from county to county from state to state in search of work that is very very difficult and it's difficult to establish routines and you know to do these disciplines or these routines that help the children but at its cause we are so lucky that we implement the science with the culture and help the parents and we care about the health of the children both physical and mental. To conclude, Ms. Gallanter and Marikena, please share with us one last thought or advice that is going to help our children keep uh, mentally healthy and safe as we continue to take care of them. So we start with you, Ms. Gallanter, and then we conclude with you, Marikena. I recommend first taking care of yourself. Figure out strategies that work for you that help you stay calm and feel relaxed. Model how you cope with stress. Talk with your children about their feelings and give them strategies for coping with stress, whether it's taking deep breaths or relaxing their muscles or listening to calming music or a physical activity. Once you've figured out a technique that works for your child, then in those stressful moments for them, you can remind them of that strategy so that they can best get out of that state of being overwhelmed back into that state of being able to think through what they want to do. You said the best, Ms. Gallanter. I think we're on the same page with that. I would just highly encourage our parents to implement that self-care. Something so simple like taking deep breaths that can simply help reduce that stress and allow us as parents take on better decisions that will ensure that our children are well cared for. And our special guest, what advice would you give the parents? My advice to all parents is to be nice to us and to play with us all the time. 
This is awesome. Well, to all of you wonderful listeners, we encourage you to visit us in the social networks, our social media platforms every Thursday because every Thursday we talk about general health and mental health resources. I want to thank our guest, Ms. Rachel Gallanter, and I want to thank Marikena, our specialist, and most important, our children that helped us on this episode. And to you, the parents, I encourage you to stay with us, listen to us again, join us. This is Cultivating Minds. This podcast is the third in a seven-episode series and bases its content on Head Start principles. Guest opinions are personal and not attributable to East Coast Migrant Head Start Project. East Child's participation in this podcast does not interfere with their schooling, nor does it require more than one hour of collaboration. Both children and their parents have given explicit permission to participate in this podcast for educational purposes. Total or partial reproduction is prohibited.